good everybody this song here <laughs> who, who you're listening to right now that is the man that I went to his church ever since I was a little baby ever since I was I don't know before I was walking <laughs> I was at his church um, he is who I was who I would at, at a time consider to be my pastor um, but He's my mother's pastor. Um, I've been knowing him all my life. You know, uh, I look at him as being one of those people that was, he's a father figure in a, in a manner. Um, he's one of those people in my life that is a figure of masculinity, a figure of manhood, a man who, who, who has a backbone. You know, he don't stand down. He's two toes down when it comes to what he stands up for whether it's in the Lord or whatever the case it may be but that is a man that I honestly respect and I decided to open up this podcast particularly with that song because that's a childhood song I remember when I was nine years old never forget it <laughs> nine years old I was in the third grade and uh, he called me up to the altar to sing that song with him he, he just wanted me to do the uh-huh people know me as being timid and I and I wasn't much of a of a speaker. So for me to to do the uh-huh with him, oh my god, the whole church tripped out. But anyways, um uh, I decided to do the intro uh of this podcast with that song with the message of where's God. As you can see in the title, um the the particular notion here is that a lot of people do not understand the perception of God. And to give you a little backstory, if you don't know where I stand concerning Christianity and omniism and God and all that type of stuff, I have a podcast episode, I believe it's episode 33, if not 32, but I know it's in the early 30s. Um, I have a podcast episode 
of my transition from Christianity to Omniism. Ooh, excuse me. And I talk about my whole journey. You know, the, the, the family I was raised up in, the church that I went to, how I transitioned to become the person that I am today. So listen to that whole episode. Uh, it's almost an hour. So uh, for the real ones who, who really want to listen to me uh, dive into that story, it's right there for you. But to give you a little backstory here, um, I was raised up in a church. Both sides of the family are religious strictly religious and as y'all know i was raised up in the church i was a jesus boy little jesus freak <laughs> everybody back in high school and middle school well, everybody back in middle school uh mostly knew what i was about when it came to the lord uh as y'all know i transitioned from being a christian and a jesus boy to just doing my own thing then i became a pro pro black pan-african black nationalist all that good stuff my junior year going into my senior year. Uh, I had a little Hebrew phase in 2019. And then I became what you know now as the Omnius Drone. From like, I want to say early 2020. Like January, February of 2020. And now we're on this journey. We're on my hero's journey. I do not see me being a any other transition. Just... <laughs> I don't see any other transitioning happening. I think I reached the peak. I I truly believe that it was my purpose to become the Omnius Rome, to become who I am today. And I would not be the person that I am today if it wasn't for the people in my life and the journey that I had to go to uh, or the, the journey that I had to go through to become the person that I am today and that is the Omnius Rome. I had to become the Jesus freak, the little Jesus Bible thumper. I had to become the pro-black, pan-African, black nationalist. I had to become the Israelite to become the Omnius Rome. So I, I cherish all of my phases of my life, even the cringy moments. <laughs> so I say all of that in, in I just wanted to give my appreciation to the people before me, to the church that I went to, to the things that I learned from my parents and my grandparents, to just let everybody know that my perception of God is different from your perception. And that's no disrespect. For the Christians or religious people who are watching, my perception of God is completely different from your perception of God. And people will tell me, right? And I've had these conversations with so many religious people throughout social media. I've had men and women, you know, DM me or comment under one of my videos. Just call on God and he'll answer. Just just try to talk to him, pray to him, and he will reveal himself to you. And little do they know, they don't know who they are dealing with. <laughs> Respectfully saying that. You're, you're dealing with a person... That been through it all. Literally. Been through it all. I have been through the ups and downs. Of believing in Christ. I, I have had my own little ministry. On a website called Glockster. And was preaching the gospel of Christ. I, I've been through it all. You know. Reading the Bible every morning and every night. Going to, to, going to school. 
with a little book that had scriptures for each day. Like that's how faithful and fervent I was in Christ. Or in the church, I should say. <laughs> now I'm fervent in Christ. And we'll get to that in a little bit on what I mean by that. But my perception of God is way different from your perception of God. You know, when a, when a Christian asks me, you know, if I believe in Christ, if somebody from a church that I went to, somebody that I knew, and they run across one of my videos, they're like, do you still believe in Jesus? I'm not here to argue with you. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that person. I'm going to say, yes, of course I do. I see Jesus every day. You know, it, 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 it mind boggles me that there are people in their 50s and 60s that still truly believe that there is a Jesus and that Jesus is coming back. And yet they see Jesus every day. Every day when they wake up. Every day in the afternoon. Every day at sunset. They see Jesus. And little do they know what that the, the significance of that. I remember I was having a conversation with this one girl that I was trying to get to know and talk to back in 2019. And we had this conversation. She asked me, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? I said, well, the way that I see Jesus is, the different, is, is different from how you see Jesus. She was like, so you're not a believer. You don't believe in Christ. You don't believe in Jesus. I said, I didn't say that. I said, the way that I perceive Jesus is different from how you perceive Jesus. I can sit here and say that Jesus is my Lord and Savior and not lie about it. Because how I perceive Jesus is different from how you perceive Jesus. She went on and on talking about how I was lying and I wasn't telling the truth and all this other type of stuff. Assuming <laughs> that she already knew my particular background. And little did they know who they were dealing with. So I say all of this to say that when, when a religious person, a Christian, when I'm trying to get them to understand me, I don't have time to go back and forth on, I don't believe in Jesus, Jesus is fake, Jesus ain't real. I ain't got time to go through that. I've been there, done that. <laughs> I've been there, done that. With my mother, with, with close family members, with, with friends, I've, I've been there, done that. I'm not going through that lane. I know how it's going to end. And we're not going to get anything out of the conversation. <laughs> I'm going to block you out. You're going to block me out. So the best avenue for me to go is for you to try to understand where I am coming from. So I tell them. First, yes, I do believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But my perception of Jesus is different from your perception. Now they may ask, how so? I'm glad you asked. See, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, died for your sins, resurrected on the third day, 40 days later ascended into heaven, and is now awaiting to return to earth to rule for a thousand years. That's what you believe. My perception of Jesus is that Jesus never existed. Jesus is a symbol of your higher self. Jesus, as above, so below, is the Son. 
And Jesus represents your inner self. He's a character, so he can replicate the soul in an aspect. And he can also, he can also represent your higher self. Jesus, in another aspect, represents Eshu. If you just break down the word Jesus, you'll get the word Eshu. And if you also look at the numerical value of the word Jesus, and you look at it from the Greek, you get the same numerical value as you do with the sun. Jesus also, in another aspect, is Haru, because he's the Christ, the Karast. But also, in another aspect, when we're dealing with Christ, we're not dealing with a person. We're dealing with a title that signifies consciousness. It signifies a mindset. Jesus, the Christ. Everybody who, who, who takes upon the, the example that Christ laid forth, that Jesus laid forth, can become the Christ themselves. Tells you in your own Bible that we are co-heirs with Jesus. That's what it says in the Bible. That we are co-heirs with Jesus. We are heirs of God, sons and daughters of God, co-heirs with Christ. That means me and Christ are on the same level. And if that be so, why is it that you give your life to him? Now some people may say, well, it's because it's through Jesus' death and resurrection that we are saved. Saved by grace through faith. That's what they'll tell you. And here's my perception of that. For one, we already know that Christ was a a figure. He's a he's a allegorical figure. He's a symbol that signifies your higher self. Now, when Christ died and resurrected, this is a symbology. This is in this is an analogy of what happens when you and and it talks about this in the book of Romans when you get rid of the old flesh. Or your carnal self, your carnal mind, your fleshly desires, and you take upon the spirit. That's what the resurrection of Christ is. When you no longer become that person that you used to be. You're no longer attached to the physical realm. The mundane things of this world. The carnal things of this world. And you take upon the things of the spirit. You, you tap into your higher self. So with this in mind, Christ's resurrection is the resurrection of you tapping back into who you truly are. So to make it plain and clear, Jesus, as we all know, is not a historical figure. He's a figure that represents your higher self, your spiritual self, your soul. That's why he's, al he's always called the son of man. He's always called the son of man because he is somebody that represents the soul of man. You want to know also why he's called the son of David? Because the soul, in some aspects, and some people will argue that the soul resides in the heart. That's why in, a, in, in one passage, Jesus says that he, he awaits at the door, knocking. The soul resides at the heart. In another aspect, you could say the soul resides at the solar 
uh, the solar plexus in the body. You know, we can argue with this all day back and forth. Nonetheless, the representation of Jesus is something that is within you. Jesus was not a person in which he wanted you to worship him. He always showed his disciples to worship the Father. There's none good but the Father. When he taught his disciples how to pray, he didn't say pray in his name. He said, Our Father which art in heaven. He didn't say his Father. He said, Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. He taught his disciples that prayer. And he always let them know that the works I do, you can do as well and greater. When he told them to believe in him and to believe in his works, he was not speaking on his own accord. He was not saying that he was God. <laughs> and if he did, it was only to set the example that he is dressed as much of God in the flesh as they were. Some of them missed the memo. I mean, when, when he was having a conversation with the Pharisees, the Pharisees were like, you claiming to be God? And Jesus was like, does it not say in your scripture that ye are gods and, and children of the Most High? Shut them Pharisees right up real quick. <laughs> but it's true. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. The same thing applies to us. We don't have to accept this, this concept that religion has given us of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I know you want to you want to pull that that scripture out of out of the book of Acts where it says there's no other name whereby you can be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. That you must accept him and that he resurrected from the dead and all those other hoopla, right? But you're not reading in between the lines here. All of this is allegorical. All of this is figurative. Remember Jesus spoke in parables too. So most of the things that he talked about and spoke. Had some riddles to it. <laughs> when he was talking with Nicodemus. And that you must be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus took it serious. Am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb? That's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about tapping into the inner self. The Egyptians say, know thyself, and you shall then know the gods. They also talk about the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God is within you. The same thing that Jesus said. But they, they go a little further than that. They not only say that the kingdom of heaven is within you. But those who know themselves shall find it. Jesus was implying and telling them that they have power and authority to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to trample over serpents. Not literally. <laughs> Some people do have gifts to heal. But that's not on the name of Jesus. That's not on particularly God. That's your power that's your personal gift that's 
the God within. In your Bible, it tells you that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells within you. Was that before Christ or after? Because we could go to the Old Testament and pull out a verse from Proverbs where it talks about your soul is the fire of God. Your soul is the lamp of God. So you have to understand that the Bible is an allegorical book. It's not meant to be taken literally. And when you take it literally, you miss out all the good parts that were supposed to signify something great within you. That's what you do. And so you must understand that I don't need to call on God. <laughs> God has been here from the beginning. I just didn't know it. I didn't know who I was, but I am an expression of the most high in a physical body. And that's powerful once you take that into perception. Once you once you really conceive that, you start to walk like it. I'm not saying that I've fully walked into my manifestation of being the the most high or, or supreme essence in the flesh. But you look at things in a whole different perspective. Like who can really tell you otherwise on how to live life. If you are God or the most high in flesh. Think about that. Somebody tells you that you have to live this way. You have to live that way. But the, the way that you're living now suits you. It may not suit them but it suits you. And you are supreme consciousness. You are God. You are the most high manifested in the flesh. So who is to tell you otherwise? You create your own rules for your life and they suit you and they benefit you accordingly. So who's to tell you otherwise that the rules that you make for yourself, God, <laughs> the most high goddess, who's to tell you otherwise? You see what I'm saying? So, you know, it brings me, it, it, it makes me ask the question, where is God? Where is God for you? Because people try every day. And, and, and I love this quote by uh, one of the mystic poets um, of India, Rumi, or Rumi. He says that he laugh, you know, when people go on a, on a pilgrimage to find God. He laughs when somebody says that the fish lack water. You know, they, it, 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 it is funny because the provision of water for the fish is one and the same. With God and man. And it's sad because only so few people understand this. <laughs> it's so sad because. Even when I tried to go down their route. And tried to explain to them that I perceive Jesus differently. I believe that Jesus isn't somebody that was an actual person. But that. This, this symbol, this story of Jesus is a representation of your higher self. It's a representation of the journey you're supposed to walk in which you are supposed to become a better person. That you're supposed to let your light so shine that men may see your good works and, and, and honor the Father that is in heaven. The Father not representing an actual divine being, but representing supreme consciousness. Even when you break down the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer, when you break it down, 
it's 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 a it's more than a prayer. Put it that way, right? When you study the tree of life from top to bottom, it represents the anatomy of the body. But getting to the topic at hand, getting back on topic. When it comes to finding God and when it comes to heaven and hell and all this other type of stuff, the, the stuff that people have a superstition for, there's no need to fear. <laughs> there's no need to wonder. You must understand that you are God manifested in the flesh. For those out there who, who just don't particularly understand that perception, you have a long way to go. There's a lot of people, unfortunately, out there that don't understand that they are God in the flesh. Because that, that takes it to different levels. Because that questions everything, that, that you know, that takes everything into perspective. Because not only do you question the rules given in the Bible, but then you question the rules given to you in life itself, in this society. And see, this society... Has made you subservient to everything that they say. Obey and follow. That's what this society teaches you. But once you know who you are. Once you, you understand that you are God manifested in the flesh. That you are a generator, operator and destroyer or director. That you are the most high manifested in a body. Who's to tell you otherwise on what to do with your life? So, I conclude this podcast episode with that in mind. Understand that there is no heaven or hell. <laughs> and I've made podcast episodes on that. I've made videos on YouTube on that. You can find them for yourself. I'm not going to get into all of that. But heaven and hell is, is, is it's the perception of the mind. It's the, it's the mental condition. It's even your, your very life conditions in itself. Because there are many people who are living in heaven on earth right now. And there are many people who are living in hell right now. There are many people who are broke as hell, poor as hell, sad, angry as hell. But there are many people who are happy, many people who are living their life in prosperity. You know, living their best life. And living your best life doesn't mean that you have to have all the riches and glory. Living your best life is, is just to be content. With life. Content in, in, in how you go about your everyday basis. You know. But that's all the time that I have for you t for today. Hopefully you got something out of this podcast episode. Until next time I'm Tyrone. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. Share this podcast episode with other people. If you feel like that it could really touch them. And, and, and really let them know. The, the certain matters at hand. Concerning the perception around God. You know. But. Hopefully just reached out to somebody. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at the Omnius Rone. Follow me on, on Instagram, YouTube. You can find me all there at the Omnius Rone, even on TikTok. So until next time, I'm Tyrone and I am